Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from Brian and Concerts That Made Us podcast. Wait, so you like concerts, podcasts, and music, and you don't listen to Concerts That Made Us podcast? Oh man, you're missing out. You've got to head over there straight away. They have interviews with the best up-and-coming bands, as well as some famous ones thrown in the mix too. And don't even get me started on the concert stories. Oh man, are they wild. That's Concerts That Made Us podcast. New episodes every Thursday on all podcast players. Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas, this is Super Cool Radio, been looking forward to this return interview for a little bit now, coming coming up very soon, on June 10th, the Midnight Devils will tour with Enough's Enough and Pretty Boy Floyd, and on July 1st, they released a new album entitled Never Begged For It, please welcome my guest this time, the vocalist and bassist for the Midnight Devils. He is Sam Spade. Matthew, what's going on? I'm turning this. I'm turning this around on you. That was such a spectacular introduction. I'm all about these introductions, though. So, so since I can do this, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, coming to you live via Super Cool Radio, the hardest working man in rock and roll radio. Give it up for Matthew Thomas. <laughs> You're the first person to actually give me an introduction of my own show. I very much appreciate it, my man. That, that, you know, I thought you deserved one. It's all about the introduction. It sets the tone for the whole, the whole rest of the interview. It, it really does. And I think uh, with it, like introductions, when done properly, I just laid out a bunch of great information that we will be talking about throughout this interview. But people already have that information already in their head to begin with. Right. Same. There, there's a little. There's definitely a craftsmanship to interviews. I don't know. Some people just think I show up and talk, but like I actually do plan out my intros very carefully. I do too. So I'll, I'll like I'm, I'm a DJ, so I, I do a lot of these introductions. So I'll just lay in bed thinking about how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do it different? How am I gonna make people excited about the topic that we're discussing today? Exactly. It, it is about the energy and the excitement because. I could just show up and look, you know, just completely like deadpan, say everything. But like, what's the point of that? What's the joy in that? And like, no one would be invested. No one would yep. care that I'm doing this interview. It's like, if you're excited, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. So I'm going to give you a fantastic intro of all. <laughs> That's right. And it, was, I, dude, I really appreciate it. Again, like I've done almost like 240 interviews and like first person actually flip it around on me and introduce me. So I appreciate it. There's a first for everything, Matthew. That's right. That's right. Now, obviously before we dive into everything, 
I last time I interviewed you was March of last year. Wow. And right around that time, you guys signed with Pavement Entertainment. So now I'm going to ask you now, a year later with Pavement Entertainment, how is everything going? It's going much, it's better than I ever dreamed it could go. So that the, the work is still there. We're still uh, pushing everything as hard as we can. But I think that's in the nature of the Midnight Devils of what we do. Uh, Pavement Entertainment has officially released. I'm really excited to say I woke up this morning and I found out that our first single has officially dropped via Pavement Entertainment. So the first single, Highway 69, is officially available uh, for download on all of the streaming services. Uh, it's out there. It's in the world. And I'm starting to see the light starting to come through. Like the, this album's been two years in the making. We were talking about signing to the label. We had, if we talked in March of last year, you know, we were just still, uh, still the ideas were spinning in our heads. And now it's all come to fruition. And we're seeing all this stuff come about because of Pavement Entertainment. The new record's about to release. It's just the excitement level is, is off the charts. Well, I'm really happy for you, uh, for you and the Midnight Devils. I wish I would have known some of that information earlier. I would have been listening to the single all day today. But you know, I I just found out right like 45 minutes ago. I was like, oh, it's a it's officially up. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to check it out uh, once I'm done with this interview. But I'm gonna I'll drop some links in the description uh, for Highway 69. Make sure to check it out. Give it a listen. I've been actually listening to uh, the first album, Something Bigger. Uh, I listened to that on my way to work today. Oh, awesome. In preparation. That's what I see. I was blow drying my hair. You were listening to our record. I this the. Peeps, <laughs> someone, you know, we all prepare a little bit differently. Right. For this. <laughs> I don't really have too much to blow dry, so I don't, you know, I don't have much to work with with that. <laughs> but all right, so before um, you, you, uh, you guys just got off tour uh, with the Queer Boys. Um, how was it uh, going out on tour with them? It was it, it was incredible. I'll have to say this, I, and I've been telling everybody this. This is my was the fondest memories I have of a tour so far. And I've been doing this for 20 years now. Uh, like the first band I started when we were 18, we started touring and, and started doing shows out on the road. This was by far uh, that that tour, and it's they're called the Choir Boys. Choir like um, oh sorry, Eagles, yes. It's it's deceiving, and I think they, they did that on purpose back in the 80s to mess with people. But happens to be one of the – we would just sit there every night of the tour and be like, this is the coolest rock and roll band there is. Just It just drips like English, British, cool rock and roll. We'd ride in the van with them. We'd listen to, like, Thin Lizzy and UFO and all these Motorhead, all these killer bands just traveling the country. And it was – uh, we still talk to them today, you know, like uh, I talk to the guys in the band and just say, what's up? But this was a continuation of a tour that started two years ago. They were the first band to take us out on the road uh, when we were just kind of still, when we were still nobodies, this band took us out on the road and that's when COVID hit and everything became messy. So we did two weeks with them in 2020, COVID hit and we all got sent home. And then this tour we just did was a continuation of that. And it, it was just, we got on thicker than thieves. It was just brilliant. The whole entire time we laughed our asses off the stories. I'm just telling you, man. And, and Chip being Chip's enough being in the band, being the bass player, really just like put the coolest, all the cool guys were out on the road together. It was so much fun. Right on. Yeah, my, my apologies, Fireboard. The, oh, the that's all right. 
threw, uh, the cue uh, threw, threw me off a little bit, but again, that was probably on purpose for, uh, you know, for, for the name, but anyway, yeah, I thank you for correcting me with that, but uh, yeah, it looked like a really great time. I saw, you know, obviously, uh, I think, you know, I saw some photos, videos from you guys. Uh, I think you played, uh, you got to play um, the Whiskey Go Go with them as well. Third, with the the third time we played the whiskey in six months, I believe. Really? And we got one more coming up in September. Yeah. So we, we've been doing the, we'll be, have done the whiskey four times within a calendar year. Nice. <laughs> I, you know, I, this is the, like the second or third person I've talked to uh, that that has played the whiskey like during my interview season this year. So that's pretty cool. I really think, and I don't know that it's coming back necessarily. Like, I don't think it ever went anywhere. I think the whiskey is, is still one of the biggest rock and roll venues, landmarks in the world. But I feel lately it seems like that is the a, a goal for bands uh is to is to get to the whiskey and play and which is such a cool thing that bands of uh you know younger bands newer bands up and coming bands still attain uh to get to that that hollow ground you know the the, the big show it, it the whiskey is i mean it's it's right there on sunset strip it's the coolest place the rainbow's right there and to have your name on that marquee is it means more to me than anything Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely legendary, and I know it seems like, especially nowadays, it, as you said, it hasn't gone anywhere, and it's still right. a very legendary venue, but it just seems to be getting, you know, the legend just seems to get bigger and bigger right. every time. I, I completely agree with you, and it's still such a big deal uh, for bands to, to announce, oh, we're playing at the Whiskey, and then you get some, some form of legitimacy, like, oh, man, these guys made it to Hollywood, California, when in reality, like, on, on the last tour we did, we started in New York, and went all the way to LA within two weeks. We did. We didn't take any days off. We played shows, traveled. I mean, the 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 trip was was worth it. Just building up to that whiskey, that LA show, and what a way to like end it. You end it all down on down on Sunset Strip. It's so cool. But the shows leading up to it were just spectacular as well. So I, I can't say like I, I think that rock and roll touring is still alive and it's still great. And if 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 you got it. We're going out and we're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna have a blast and we're gonna have so much fun doing it. But playing the whiskey, man, just being in those like you when you get there, you go up in the hallways and up in the dressing rooms and you just, like you can just feel the history and the magic and and for us to do it three or four times, it, they may as well just give us like reserve a dressing room for us. I like a plaque on the wall or something, you know, <laughs> a plaque in the bathroom maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, you get your own stall then, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm really happy for you guys, and especially playing the whiskey for like four times in a calendar year is definitely that, that's number one impressive. Number one, that sounds like a lot of fun, and also like any band that plays there, it's like instant credibility. No matter what, really who you are, it's like the first time you play there, it's instant credibility. Yep, absolutely, and part of it is is just being able to see that that marquee. But what we love to do, you know, and we've we've had good shows there, we've had bad shows there, it doesn't really matter. Part of the thing is getting out and being like, we'll put on all our makeup and go stand out on, on Sunset Strip and the Hollywood tour sign, the Hollywood tours, you know, will come by waving a honk and be like, these are where the rockers hang out at. And you're just like, you go from there to the rainbow and hang out with everybody at the rainbow. It's just, it's such a thing. It's not just playing the show, it's doing the whole dance. Yeah, there's like you don't just do like one part of right. that. There's there's so much you have to do while you're there. Yes. 
you see the Lemmy statue, you do, you see the Hollywood, we went and saw the Hollywood sign, all everything, all the touristy stuff. So cool. Definitely for sure. I think I, you know, me being, you know, all these interviews I've done and all the music I've listened to, I think I got to go, go out to California sometime and, you know, go to the whiskeys. And you have all to. That. And so you at some point. Yes. Definitely. No, for you, for you, since obviously you just finished a tour with the, the choir boys, you had another tour coming up as I just talked about during the intros. And before I get to that, is there a band that you've not toured with before that you really want to tour with like a bucket list band you want to tour with? Um, ours, ours is faster pussycat. I think that's one of the, the bands that, uh, you keep seeing like the levels and we're like, okay, I don't know if we're there yet, but that's the one that we're shooting for. Like how, how do you get, Push, push it to the next level. If you see them, they they go out for months and months on end just playing shows. It's a well-oiled machine, and they they were at our show at the Whiskey. We hung out with uh, you know Danny and all those guys. Danny and Ronnie were all hanging out at the Whiskey for that for the Choir Boys show. So to see that you know that's like the the one you you attain. I think that that we're we're shooting for. That's within our our grasp. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I could see, and that would be a kick-ass show. You guys and Faster Pussy. Yeah. yeah, like. Sign me up for that anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but that, this, this one coming up is uh, is absolutely a bucket list, and I, I'll say that with with the most respect and the most love uh, possible for Pretty Boy Floyd. We love that band for enough enough. We've been touring with them for three years now. Uh, just an unbelievable kick-ass band. Just uh, show stoppingly good. Enough enough. Just brilliant and everything they do. It just seems like they touch. They just turn touch gold. I, I like I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. Uh, and Pretty Boy Floyd, uh, Leather Boys with Electric Toys was such a groundbreaking record. And, you know, some say one of the best glam rock records there was. They set the blueprint for it. And to have them in our van riding along all the way across the country, like, it's just, we just sit there and listen to the stories. I go, pinch, we must be dreaming. Pinch us. You know, <laughs> we're, we got Steve, Steve Sex Summers in our van telling us stories about being on the road. I, I just can't wait. Oh, definitely. I, you know, as I said before, you guys, Pretty Boy Floyd, and uh, Enough's Enough, starting out on tour June 10th, and I'm very happy for you guys. Two really like legendary bands. I know, like uh, Enough's Enough, like they just have that cool factor to them. Like almost anything they do, it's just it, they do it so yeah. with so much coolness to them. They, it's 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 the epitome of cool and. Chip kind of being the leader and and kind of being our, our godfather, if you will. He's really taking us under his wing. He's he's a guy that I can call up any day or night and be like, Chip, I need some advice. Even if it's not music related, you know, he's giving giving me advice on on girls, on on anything. I can call him up and ask him. And he was the one that kind of directly influenced the the album title, which is Never Beg for It. We were sitting at his house one day, talking, talking, talking about girls, and he's like, Bro. You never beg for it. I'm like, boom, there's the album title right there. Chip, you got it. You know, like he, he was, he's very instrumental and just, you're right. The epitome of cool. And with this, the Beatles record, they just put out just this front to back. It's just a killer, killer album and great band. Oh yeah. They're very solid live. And like to, to do like a Beatles album like that, number one, it takes, that takes skill and it takes talent and it takes some guts to do that. And yes. to do it so well. Yes. You're totally right. You're talking about the most iconic rock and roll band ever. People's favorites. And people will say the untouchable band, the one band that you never cover. They said, screw this. We're going to do an entire album of Beatles songs. Great. Just great. 
<laughs> Definitely. And now I, I do want to talk about, so how did you and Chip like first meet? We met through, uh, me personally, I met him through Jimmy. So Jimmy, our drummer, uh, Jimmy Mess from Chicago, lived, He there was a, a connection there because he was in this band called Prophets of Addiction. And that was out of the, the Northwest up in Washington area. And they knew Chip. So so Jimmy lived with Chip in Chicago for a couple of years. And we started doing shows and, and Chip kind of brought us in to do some shows together. And he's like, hey, I want to produce your record. So we met that way. And it's still like uh, one of those moments. I don't know if I told you, but the last time, like when we were recording the record, I had to drive up to Chip's house by myself and go in and lay down vocals and stuff in his studio. Now, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but this dude's, you know, he's got gold platinum records. This is a big deal. So it was very nerve wracking and to try and get over that kind of uh, that fanboy excitement. And as you're like, don't say anything stupid. But I forgot, like, that Jimmy lived with Chip, so he J Chip's seen everything that you could possibly see. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I honestly, I would be nervous not just trying to, like, you know, talk to him instead of, like, you're actually, you have to you know, work with him, you know, to lay down vocals. Like, I would right. be nervous in that situation. <laughs> it, was, it was wild, and it was so cool and so comfortable that uh, I, you know, once we get over that initial shock factor. So the story I always tell people, is I go there for the very first day of recording vocals, and I'm in the booth. I cut the first track for Highway 69, the single that was just released, uh, and there's a knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, man, who is this? In walks Donnie V, the singer of Enough's Enough, right? He just walked in the door to say hi, and I'm standing there recording vocals. He's like, hey, I'm Donnie V. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. He's like, oh, you're recording tracks? Well, I'll play them for me then. And I'm like, whoa this is actually happening like i got the two guys from enough's enough right here listening to our first single yeah, yeah no pressure either <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no that's really awesome you know again very cool band obviously and, and you know especially for um them to really help you out chip to really you know to produce your album and stuff you know that that says a lot to like to the caliber of you guys as well yeah he he, he I think he can kind of see, he sees it. He sees things differently than, than you or I would. And I chipped such a great dude and such a, a creative force. And like on the last tour we did, he did, uh, he did five or six shows in two days across seven states. Like I'd never seen a guy work so hard just because that's what he does. He would call him the, the mayor of glam town. And uh, I think he sees, he sees stuff a little bit differently and has really taken a, a shine to, our sense of humor, our style of music, our our image, our look, and our our attitude, and he knows, you know, that that you got to. It's it's a finite thing, especially playing in a rock band. It's a finite thing, and no matter how hard we try, time's always ticking. So I think Chip has really given he's given us the nod, or you know, knighted us as like the guys that are coming up next, and the ones that are going to be playing rock and roll for the next twenty years. You know the. He, I think he sees it a little bit differently than you and I would. Oh, oh, definitely. And for him to be around as you know as many years as he's been around and have that legacy and that credibility, like you're gonna see stuff. You're gonna catch stuff that you know maybe you or me won't see, or right. stuff in people that maybe normal people or other people might not see. Yep, exactly. And he's really good about that. He's just he, uh, one of the best bass players I've ever seen. Like he just gets up there, it's like. And, and the coolest thing on the last tour that he did was 
he's playing the whiskey, right? We're playing the whiskey. Crowd's huge. Choir boys are on stage. They're going crazy. Chip lights up a cigarette right in the middle of the whiskey. Is smoking a cigarette on stage, and I'm like, could he be any cooler? How is this the coolest thing I've ever seen? You know. <laughs> oh, that that is a cool moment for sure. And you know, I don't know how many people could get away with that, but definitely no, exactly, exactly. He's the only one. Were they going to tell Chip to stop smoking? No, no. Yeah, knowing the right mind, like, hey, Chip, uh, don't don't smoke here. Like, yeah, no he's like, I'm Chip's enough, bro. This is what I do. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So before we start talking about the album, um, obviously, so the tour starts June 10th with Enough's Enough and Pretty Boy Floyd. How do you prepare for a tour? Uh, it's a lot of freaking out and uh, a lot of come to Jesus moments and talking myself off the ledge. That's what it is. And I was one. <laughs> I, I actually thought that like, is every tour like this? Am I am I like a nervous wreck before every tour? And I think the answer is yes. So apologies to the people around me. Uh, you know that I come across in my everyday life. I don't mean to be so on the on the edge, but but it's it's. I try and do things the same every time because the insanity, there's only so many things that I can control. So the stuff that I can control, I do the same and I make sure that it's done uh, in preparation for these tours. So like I'll pack the suitcases, you make sure that, you know, you pay your rent and take care of all this stuff so that it's not weighing in the back of your mind where, you know, guys like Jimmy will, will like pack a suitcase and he's gone. He doesn't even, he doesn't even care, but I'm kind of a control freak and I, I like everything in a certain order. So, I keep it all, like my suitcase right here is still on the floor from the last tour, ready to get packed up again, you know? So you just add a couple more things, uh, do the laundry, and, and we're about ready to go again. No, for sure. I know, I don't know how many people, like, you know, people, they go to the shows, they enjoy the shows, but I don't know if they know, like, how much inner workings there are to make, you know, to string all these shows together for you guys to go to the shows. There's a lot involved. Oh, yeah, it's it's completely all-encompassing when, when, when you're worried about uh, what are you going to travel in, uh, wh who's paying for gas, all this stuff, like where we got to pick these guys up at. And I was like wondering that, like, do, does it get, ever get to a point where you, you get to enjoy it more? Because right now we're working so hard and the stress is so high that you put so much pressure on yourself that you have trouble uh, detaching and enjoying the ride, enjoying the shows, enjoying the company of your friends. And I, I, I think it gets better as time goes on and the better touring's like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. It takes practice. You can't just jump into it and be comfortable. A lot of people go crazy on the road. So uh, I think we're getting to a point where we kind of know each other so well that it, it just becomes like second nature to us. And we've, we, I mean, we've seen the country like twice this year and done some great tours. We toured with sponge earlier in the year. It just, we like, we, we love being on the road, and I think that's the cool thing is that we're such road dogs and we're so comfortable out there. Yeah, no, and definitely with everything in life, like the more you do it, the easier it kind of gets. Like, obviously, uh, I haven't really done like I've done traveling and stuff, and like I've done like one day trips to somewhere, and I, you know, there's still I always plan out stuff to make sure yeah. obviously that I have a hotel and then I could uh, you know do stuff you know that I have everything with me, but I couldn't imagine doing that for like you know, like two weeks or a month yeah. or, or a few months. I think it's got to be definitely stressful at some time, at some points. It's, it's stressful in the best possible way. 
and it's it's staring staring out into the unknown that stresses me out the most it's like people tell you like uh, it, you worry about stuff that you can't control and that's my that's my biggest downfall is that i freak out about oh what's the future going to bring what what's going to happen on this tour when really i you know we can't control any of that all we can do is prepare as best as we can and then when those hurdles those pits the whatever the trouble arises you deal with it and you deal with it productively positively and and move on so that's my biggest downfall is like i gotta realize i'm in the moment and i'm prepared for this moment this is what we've prepared for and we work for we practice for you know we are ready we're always ready but that's the cool thing the midnight devils is always drop the hat we're ready to go and ready to play but there's a lot a lot of preparation that goes into getting these shows on the road especially these bigger tours oh yeah definitely i can definitely imagine with all of that you know the way i kind of look at like stuff it's like it's preparation with improvisation because like, yes. you prepare as much, but also you have to think on the fly sometimes and improv because you, you know, in some situations where it's unexpected. And that's brilliant. I've never heard of it that way. And I, a lot of what the midnight devils is, is it's, we know that something catastrophic is going to happen when it's going to happen and what's going to happen. Some, something inevitably will happen. That's just how our, our band is. And so once you get to that point, how do you deal with it do you freak out no you figure it out and we keep moving exactly you're totally right i love that i'm going to use that so thank you feel free just say hey this guy from indiana told me this <laughs> <laughs> all right so for for you because i know you, you mentioned you have your suitcase uh, on the floor so what are outside of you and your instruments what are three things you always take on tour uh earplugs Earplugs is one of my big ones for for sleeping in in hotels because we, we'll get like one hotel uh, for the three of us. So we always Jimmy and I always sleep together in one bed, and the sniper sleeps in another. So I always wear earplugs. That's my my go to. Uh, my other thing is I'm starting this new. Maybe it's a tradition. Maybe I don't know. But after after the interview today, we'll, I'll go down to like the thrift shop and buy. Uh, some real skimpy women's clothing, like new tour clothing, right? So it's my new tradition. I'm going to go buy some top that I can wear on tour from the, the women's vintage shop. And they're going to look at me like I'm crazy rolling in there. And I love it. And I've, I've done it for the last three or four tours. So some new women's skimpy uh, number. I don't know. <laughs> oh, what else? What else do I bring? Oh, uh, my hat. The hats are the new thing. So however many hats I can possibly fit into a suitcase to just annoy the crap out of the guys. They're like, oh, another hat. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I, there were three awesome things you, you could have described. To, that that uh, nobody else would say, yeah. I, honestly, I've only asked that question a few times, and I can tell you that was something. some things I did not expect. <laughs> 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 but I mean that in the best way because that, that was awesome, dude. So so now uh, now we're going to talk about the new album, Never Beg For, available through Pavement Entertainment on July 1st. As you just said, so the new single, Highway 69, is now available for anyone, and I'm not calling out myself or anything, who hasn't had the opportunity to listen yet to Highway 69. What can they expect? Highway 69 is one of the first tracks that we wrote for this record. Uh, it's a sniper. Sniper, our guitar player, wrote the music for it, and I wrote the lyrics. And it is just—I it, think it's the—it's the third track 
off the record. So we put it in that power position uh, in the sequence of the album. So that's exactly what you can expect as a power song, uh, very hooky chorus, and it's just it's straight up guitar, just beautiful guitar, insanity, rock and roll. It's great. We've been playing it live now for what what seems like forever, and it goes over so well. I, better than I ever thought it would go over. The people in, the, in, our, in our shows are just like, that Highway 69 song, it's brilliant. I know it already. And they're talking to me about the song we played mere minutes ago, you know? So I think this Highway 69, I'm very, very proud of it. A straight up rocker, straight up power song uh, with some very suggestive tongue and cheek lyrics, which is what we kind of base the Midnight Devils on. Kind of that not taking it super seriously. It's still funny. There's still an air of having a real good time well i'm definitely looking forward to uh listening to it i'm uh, i'm definitely i'm checking it out after this interview yeah. as soon as i get off i'm listening to just it just checked it out on apple music today and it's there with the album cover uh you can see the entire track listing and highway 69 is just the one you can you can listen to very cool oh yeah definitely and what i really like about you guys is like I mean, obviously, you, you know, you're a touring band, you're, you know, you take that stuff very seriously, but like in the lyrics and stuff, you don't take yourselves very like seriously. Like it, it's very fun. It's very energetic. And I think that's what I, I, that's what I really like about you guys. Yeah. We, we, we really think that that is uh, something that's, that has separated us from a lot of bands and a lot of even bands in our genre that we're not, we're not a joke band. I love steel Panther. I think they're great. And I think their songs are really, really good. Like the, the 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 lyrics, the music, very very awesome. It's still kind of super jokey, right? Then they're kind of going for that shock value. On the other end, you have the the bands that take it so super seriously, where it's it's very sad or very you know I don't know. It's it's hard to say that it's kind of that heroin chic thing, but that's part of of our genre too, where we kind of just meet in the middle and we really take a lot from. ACDC from Van Halen, those kind of uh, party lyrics, those good time lyrics where it's not super serious. And there's a really, really, if you look at the, the lyrics, it's still very tongue in cheek. And we kind of tell a story without necessarily telling the full story. So there's a lot of room for interpretation. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I know, like, as you said, even like with like the, the glam rock style, there is, a, it's very diverse because like, yes. you have like, more heavy kind of very like like uh emotional um side of it then like i really enjoy steel panther I love you know, them. Obviously. they're they're fun and they're really great musicians but you guys definitely you, you kind of like split like both sides of that very yeah. well that like you, you take elements from both those sides to make the midnight devils yeah we do and a lot of it comes uh it comes from the the artwork and what what it, we're inspired by and i've always thought that was cool and it kind of gives us free range to be as creative as we want to be. And so anything that kind of pops in our head, we go, oh, let's, let's paint that up. And we have these incredible artists that, that have been doing stuff for us that I really can't think enough. There's this girl from Japan named Yuko who does these incredible cartoons of us, just these beautiful drawings. And there's this girl from here in Nebraska named Livy who's created a whole character that can really do whatever she wants the character to do the characters drinking the characters you know laying in a bathtub full of money it's just this incredible stuff but the sky's the limit and there's no there's no um like box or anything that we have to fit into and i think that's the coolest thing you know no uh gay straight no sexuality that we had parameters that we have to fit into no societal parameters it's just whatever we feel it happens
And I think that's a great way to uh, kind of develop things as well, because then, you know, nothing's, you know, completely unexpected because right. there is really not, there's really no parameters. Nope. And then kind of like with what I do is like, I play a whole bunch of different stuff. Like I, I played Motorhead last week and this week I'm playing Johnny Cash. So like exactly. I try to give a huge variety and not try to just say, well, I just play rock music. I play mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and that 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 is the brilliance of this music and the style of music, the style of rock and roll, and it, especially what you're doing because that is what keep it the the heartbeat of this whole thing is the creativity and the uniqueness and the passion, and I find that I find that a lot with with the Midnight Devils and with our artists and the way that our our graphics and anything like that is laid out. We get this freedom to do whatever we want. Like like I said, going to the like I'll go to the vintage shop and buy some some real uh frilly girly stuff for the tour and it's just i think i am so thankful for it like that i get to express my creativity any way that i see fit yeah exactly and again you know not really placing limits on stuff because like music should be limitless anyway like that's the way i look at it mm -hmm. and to express yourself i think is very you know it's very important it's also very good for the body and soul mm -hmm. and it, it is like your 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 uh what do you want to say you're creating your legend or your uh your story and what what are what are people going to tell with your story that you know reach for the mountains we we were we're we're, we're all climbing the mountain together how high are we going to climb today exactly that's a great way to look at it uh too like i never really thought about it like that but yeah definitely mm -hmm. you know we're, we're all we're all here doing our own thing having fun and i think that is that's like the real, the real important part too, and just being able to express ourselves as well. It's that un, it's that unlimited creativity, and that that's the the cool thing with the Midnight Devils is that we have that uh, we have that opportunity and that obligation, both of those things, to push the boundaries and not just rest on what we know. Like we can, we know what we can do, but we still got to push our boundaries and push our limits so that we're still being the best artists we can possibly be. 100% agree. Like to me, like, you know, there, there's good times to push yourself to do things because it makes you either a better person, better musician. And I think that's very important because then you're not just staying stagnant, you're yep. continuing to evolve. And I think that is something that is very important. Yeah. And, and the, the, the evolution from the first record to the second record, I mean, it's huge. The first record, we didn't know what we were doing as our, we went into a studio we didn't know uh and we did our first record and we learned the ins and the outs of making a record well the second time through we signed with the label we'd already toured the country a few times and we got this this big producer and chips enough it's night and day difference on the way that the record sounds the way that the album sounds the excitement overall is so much bigger and so much better than the first time around well i'm really happy to hear this very positive experience and now i do want to talk about little bit of the ins and outs of recording this album and i want to start it off with this how so how was it uh working with shifts enough um as the producer compared to the last album where you you didn't have him as a producer yeah the, the first album we had a guy named uh greg produce it he produced and engineered it and it was his first record going into so he was slightly inexperienced we were all in this learning process where when we went to chip's house we had recorded demos for all the songs and then we brought him into chip and he goes i like it i like it i don't like it i don't like it uh 
and he would just give us these little tips and, and it wasn't much, you know, he, he didn't have uh, a whole lot of uh, bad stuff to say. So he just goes, basically he goes, Jimmy, play all the songs straight through, no fills on drums, right? Play all the drum parts straight through, play like you're playing the Ramones, the like you're playing the Beatles, play no fills at all. And we're like, no fills, that's weird. And then we listen back to it and we're like, whoa, he's super right. Like it's the less is more type of thing. It's, it's awesome. I was just blown away. And so we'd go in, uh, do the, we did the drums, we did, went and did the vocals and the vocals. He really worked with me on melodies and phrasings and words and kind of the, just the, the whole vibe of the record. And I thought that was so super important is that it had that, it was just dripping with, with that chips enough attitude, that Chicago sound. And I think that was the biggest difference from the first record done in Omaha the second record done in Chicago, you can tell. You can tell the sound. It was influenced either subconsciously or whatever. It was th that Chicago sound was influenced on the new record. Well, that sounds really awesome. It's got that Chicago coolness to it, um, which I mean, sounds really cool. And I'm I'm very happy. Like you guys, um, you know, it's been obviously two years in the in the making for this yeah. album. And I gotta ask so. What can people expect from like listening to Never Beg For like like front to back? What can it, they expect? It's hooks, massive hooks. Don't bore us, get to the chorus. I'm such a big fan of of bands that just write massively hooky songs. If I'm listening, I, I I go through and I'll I'll read like the the uh, the rock and roll uh, so like the new streams and I'll listen to all the new bands, but I won't last through very many of the new bands that like the singles because I'm like no nope, no chorus no hook. Give me something I can sing along to. I want to be, I want that wow factor. So in the Midnight Devils, we we go above and beyond with these hooks, choruses, chants, woes, or whatever we think would really hook that audience in. And that also comes from a part of being a massive Kiss fan. Kiss had the biggest hooks. Being a, a, a fan of the Ramones of that punk rock style really lends to creating these really hooky songs. Sniper on guitar just, he just delivers these huge guitar riffs, these lines, stuff I never heard before. And then we just add hooks. But the, the thing of the, of this record is, is that it's all stuff that we had, we had experienced and been through while on the road. So all the stories are true. Everything, everything actually happened to us while we were out on the road or, or back home, you know, whether it's losing girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. It's all written down for for people, you know. Everybody's gone through it, so for us to just write it down and people be like, "Yes, I went through that. I understand what you're what you're saying. Uh, I know exactly the the space and time that you guys are occupying." And now it's right here on this record. So I I think it's really cool. Uh, I look back at the songs and be like, "Wow, I remember when I wrote that and who I wrote that about," and that's the, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> two years later, I'm like, "Yeah, I remember that. Two years, yeah." that's so cool and again like that's how powerful music is like that you can even recall like you know this is this is why i wrote it this is what i based it off of and i think that's really cool and definitely what i noticed with you guys um is definitely those hooks like i was i was listening to pink halo last night and i was singing it you know while i was getting like brushing my teeth and going to bed so like it stuck with me like throughout that whole day yeah yeah it's it's the hooks that that really I think that's what makes a good song and and especially uh those beatles songs that that's the blueprint for where it came from those just die hard hooks 
and and Chip will be the first one to tell you, man. That's what it's all about is writing those. It's right about writing songs that people latch onto immediately, first, second time. Man, they know the songs, but they've also experienced the same thing, and they go, "I've went through this in my personal life. I can relate." That's why I like the song. Yeah, it's 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 a catchiness, but also the connection. Yes, you know, with like the stories and um, you know very relatable stuff, like you know breakups or you know uh, things that happen like on the road or like you know in life and all of that. Very relatable stuff because almost everyone will tell you that they've been through at least some type of uh, scenario like that or something very close to it. And that that's what we're what we're about. And I think that that creativity and that passion is something that that gets overlooked. Okay, we're not just writing songs about partying and chasing girls or chasing this and that. It's a it's a story that we're telling about an experience that we've had that is very similar to a lot of experiences that other people have had. Exactly, and it, it's always cool. Like, I mean, for me, if I'm feeling a certain way or if I went through like a, you know, a situation and then like I hear someone singing about it, you know, or something similar to it, it's like, man, there's, I'm not alone in this. Like, you know, there's other people yeah. who've been through a similar situation to me. Do you, I, I always love, this is one of my favorite things. I've talked to multiple people about this, but, when you get in your car, let's say after you've been at work all day, you had a long night or it's super late at night, you get in your car and you know you got about a six minute, seven minute, 10 minute span to drive from wherever you're at to you get home. Well, you put on that radio and you hope that the, the DJ or whoever, like that radio rock and roll magic is gonna happen. And sometimes it does and that perfect song comes on at the perfect time that explains exactly what you went through or you're going through and you can't turn it up loud enough. You know what I'm saying? Like that is what I love and that is what you, it's the search for the Holy Grail. That's what you're always searching for. Oh yeah, too. And sometimes it's the unexpectedness of it too. Like, yeah. you, know, you get in your car, you turn it on and it's like, just the perfect song at the right time. Like, come on, you can't tell me there's like fate or something like that. Doesn't exactly. The world. It is just starting the, the perfect songs just starting as you get in your car. It, it, it's weird. How many times you'll think about this, how many times that actually happens to you? You're like, I needed to hear that song at that time. Exactly. And yet it's like the need that you don't exactly know until after it happens. Yep. Like, I totally needed that. But yep. you don't know until it happens. That's that's the rock and roll magic. That's the power of radio. I, I love that and I'm always searching for that. I've talked to a lot of people about that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I honestly the more I think about it like during this conversation, the more it's like, yeah, it's happening quite a few times. Yep. And like it, it it's always a positive uh, outcome and experience moving from that point. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Well, we're always searching for that moment. Like, you're like, it's the roll of the dice. Like, what is the radio going to give us tonight? Oh, we got gold. All right. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, we got, uh, we got traffic. Oh, that's not what I need. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely. Now, uh, for you, as I'm kind of wrapping up this interview, because honestly, I had a really great time chatting with you. I love all the things you ha you guys have in the works. I can't wait uh, to check out the new album. I, I'm going to put my pre-order in for it. And also I'm going to encourage everyone else to do as well because there'll be a link in the description for that. What has been your favorite moment from the Midnight Devils so far? Wow, that is a big question. Nobody's asked me that. <laughs> I I love the ride that we've been on. And like, like I, I talked to you earlier, the stress is overwhelming. Like it is so much... Uh, to have all this on your shoulders and you kind of deal with this every day putting the band on tour there's like uh, so many people managers and this and that are 
are counting on us to do something. And I take a lot of pride in that. And I think that we're one of those bands that uh, we don't we don't complain a lot. We we I, we know that we're still paying our dues out there. So we're the band that will uh, take our lumps and, and we'll dive through the trash and we'll dig it out and we'll, we'll do that because we know that we still owe it. We still owe it to whoever that we're paying our dues still. And and so I've had moments in this band where I've I, like we've been talking to promoters. It was maybe on the last tour we'd we'd been going through hell on the tour. It was really hot. We were having a bad sound check. The you know sound guys weren't. We're, we're being jerks to us, us and the choir boys. And we're talking to another promoter in Colorado. And he's like, oh, we got these, this problem and this problem. And I look at Sniper and I go, you know what? We're going to be the band that's not a problem. Put us on whenever you want. We're not going to complain. We're going to show up. We'll be there and we'll cause no problems at all. We will, we will do our show and we're going to have a blast. You can put us on before anybody. But have them, having them follow us, tell them they got, they're, they're up against it. Because we're going to be bringing it every every time. We'll bring it every time, and we'll not complain, and we'll do our, the best show you can possibly do. There was, like, that little moment where I was just like, I'm really proud to be in this band, and I'm really proud of how much we've accomplished and the kind of the work attitude that we have. Yeah, definitely. I think that's and it's a great attitude to have, too, especially because, like, you're, you're out on tour. I know, you know some bands, you know, would love you know there's bands who would love to be in your position yeah. even if there's hardships or you know sound guys or stuff like that there's always somebody who wants to be in that position absolutely and so so my thing is like don't ever take it for granted because you don't know you, how hard can you work i i've never met we luckily we don't have any guys in our band that do take it for granted but i, I know there's guys out there that feel like they're owed something that's not us we're gonna we're gonna be the road dogs the guys that that get out and put our makeup on and do our, our hair every show, not complain. Even when it sucks, we're still going to do our show. Even if we're getting the shaft, we're still going to do it. And we're going to do it smiling and we're still going to have a good time no matter what. Exactly. That's, that's a great outlook to look at it. I know I was, I was talking to somebody at a show uh, and like, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I interview musicians. He's like, do you ever complain about it? I go, not lately. He's like, well, you shouldn't because you get to interview musicians. So I was like, all right, fair. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Of course, yep, exactly. And, and we even miss, like, as, as terrible as touring can be or as stressful, as soon as you're not touring, you miss it immediately. You know, you get home and you're like, well, I didn't want that to end, but it did end. So uh, when, when's the next one? Because I can't wait to go back out and do this again. Exactly. And again, it, it's going out and like seeing people, interacting with people yeah. and putting on some killer rock shows like that, that sounds like a great time. That's what it is. It's is meeting people and interacting with people and hearing their story. Like when I worked at a record shop, my favorite thing about working at a record shop was guys would come in they, and then we get to talk about their rock and roll experience. I love that. That is what I, I, I just live for. It's like, oh, I saw Kiss in 1975 and it was the coolest thing I ever seen. And I'm like, tell me more. I need more information. But you do that on the road and you do that in every city and you meet these people and you get their experience and their story and that kind of rubs off on you and you take a little piece of that with, with you wherever you go and you're like, there's a lot of people like us out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, it's kind of funny. Everyone has either a different like story or a different like um, kind of connection with yeah. the band. Like, you know, you can talk to somebody about Kiss and they'll have like a different um, like uh perspective i guess i'll use that again on the band kiss or like seeing them live and like 
compared to like you or me or anything like that. I think that is awesome. Like you can see the same show and people will have different takeaways from seeing the same band. Absolutely. I love that. I love that interaction and that connectivity to where we've connected now. And I've connected with, with this guy that lives on the other side of the country, let alone we've connected with people that live all the way around the world. And, and we're brought together by nothing more than that simple fact of rock and roll music. And it's so cool. And I love, love, love that. Oh yeah, music is universal. Like I, I was, I, I've heard stories. I don't know if you're familiar with like Illusions of Grandeur. I interviewed them uh, a few months ago, and like they would go, uh, they did a lot of tours overseas, and like the uh, audience didn't really speak English, but yet they were singing the lyrics back to them wow. in English, and that that's just so cool. It's like how, like to me, like just thinking about that, it's like how is that even possible? But yet it still is. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and that's uh, we've been working really hard to push the Midnight Devils to get to a point where we're going to be traveling overseas. And that's, that's always been the biggest goal. And I tell, I kind of tell people like you join a band to get out of your, your small city. And now I grew up in a small town in Nebraska and my, my ticket out was, you know, you could play sports or you can play rock and roll music. Or it, and it, I joined the band and we got to travel and we were traveling and traveling. And now we're hoping that because of this, rock and roll band we're going to get to see the world uh you know go go to the other side of the country and play for people that don't speak english that is the goal that's why we did this oh yeah definitely and i do I, I i do hope you get that opportunity too because again just just hearing stories like that just it just sounds so awesome and so mm -hmm. powerful just because it's music that brought these people together yep and you know that and you know that it could end any time so don't we like I said never take it for granted and you go just appreciate that ride and enjoy that ride such a hard thing to do under the stress but I think you kind of look back on it especially like like the choir boys tour I, I told you I never had as much fun as I'd had on that tour and that was really uh, from the heart like sitting with the choir boys we all rode in the same van all the way across the country all both bands and, and I was like how is this gonna work the culturally difference their English. And as soon as we got in the van the very first day, we were laughing our asses off. Everybody was cutting up. We were telling these stories, just the ridiculousness of the whole thing. And now I look back and be like, that was one of the funnest times I've ever had. Oh yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's hard to you know see see the forest through the trees with all yeah. of that. And like, till you step back and go, this is an awesome experience or like this whole tour was awesome and stuff like that. It's just cool. Like once you kind of step back a little bit to actually appreciate everything. Yeah, and and they th these guys had seen everything. So so what I would do, you know, and I I done this with Chip too. But being on the road for two weeks, uh, inevitably problems arise, problems back home, whatever it is. But I would go up to the guys in the choir boys, and they don't really know me. I mean, we we know we're friends, we hung out. But I would ask them advice and be like, "Look, you guys have been doing this for forty years. I needed some advice." And the guys would sit there and they would give me the best advice I'd ever heard. And so it's like. Uh, like the older the older guys in the choir boys giving the younger guys in the midnight devils life advice it was brilliant it was so cool and i just like this is how many people get this opportunity it's so great it's and especially like with a band like that who've been around you know for for so long like honestly probably whatever situation you guys were you know you guys have either in your life or in music they've probably experienced something yeah. very similar to it they that that's exactly what they said that the, one of the guitar players looks at, he looks at me and he looks at Jimmy. He's like, 
I used to be just like you guys, only worse. Worse than both of you combined. And we're like, whoa, this guy's cool. All right, awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, so you're totally right. They've been through it all. They've seen it all. They did it bigger and better than we, we ever did. So it was, it was cool. <laughs> you're totally right. For for sure. Well, hey, I, well, I I always like hearing I'm right. <laughs> but no, for, but uh, but on a serious note, like that it's a great band to to learn from. You know, life between life advice and just musical advice. Yeah, they've seen and done probably almost anything that there is to do in life. You know, in 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 the music industry, so they're great people to learn from. Yep. And being a part of that tour, the, the thing that my takeaway, the biggest takeaway, the choir boys right before the tour started fired their singer, right? And I was like, oh man, how is this gonna like I don't understand how they how they could do this. And we the more we got to know them, the more we learned what the ins and outs, you know, it was a bad relationship. And they're like, we don't want to, we've been doing this for 40 years. We don't want to uh put be on the road with a band that doesn't really want to be there or uh you know guys that are making this worse so the reason that we're doing this tour is to tell the entire world that we're a rock and roll band that's it this is what we do and not one guy is above this not one guy is bigger than this it's going to keep rolling no matter what this is the our giant f you to everybody else that says that that has thrown us under the bus we're coming out, we're gonna do this tour, we're gonna play all these venues. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad, we're still coming to play. I was like, whoa, that takes some massive guts to do that. Oh yeah, that, that that's, but that's rock and roll though, if you think oh, yeah. about it, like, like, they don't wanna put on either lackluster performance or yeah. like, you know, have issues on tour. And like, I, I heard, cause I think the news broke of that, like, I think like a week before that tour started or something, right. it was very close. And I saw a huge backlash online that I thought was a little bit unnecessary. It, it was. And, and I was, I was nervous too. I didn't know. And then we, we once the stories start flying, I go, okay, I completely understand. And I completely get what you guys did. And I love it. I love every minute of it. Cause they could have canceled the tour. They wouldn't, they don't need to tour. They could have canceled it and been completely fine, but they didn't. And they did it for a reason. They came out to show the entire world that this is a great rock and roll band that's going to be playing these great songs. And they're not going to take anything less than the absolute best out on the road. And I love every minute of that. Just that. That's punk rock. That's rock and roll. That's the attitude that needs to be in this style of music. I love it. No, I think that's a great uh, attitude to have that it's not just one person you know, uh, that makes the band. It is everybody that makes the band. And unfortunately, you know, that is a hard decision to make, especially, you know, with everything, especially with the tour starting soon. But also you have to, pre you have to present the best band you can. Yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah. And, and they did, they brought it every night. We saw them in 2020. They were great. 2022, they were just off the charts. Cool. And I just can't say enough about how incredible it was to be around that and that attitude and, and that, that, that legacy, the lineage, they, they open for the Rolling Stones, you know, they'd open for all these huge bands, Whitesnake, all this massive stuff. And then they're riding in a van with us. We're drinking coffee together, telling stories. It's great. Just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I'm, I'm very happy you guys had a really great tour with them. And it sounds like an awesome experience overall. Now, I, unfortunately, dude, I could talk to you for, a, I know, Sorry. hours and hours. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be wrapping up this interview, but before I do that, 
Um, what are your plans for the rest of 2022? We got the new album. You got a tour. Like, what else do you have up your sleeve? So it is. Uh, it looks like the rest of the year is pretty much booked up, which is great. I love that. It's, it's a thing that I don't have to worry about. Is that their show? Their shows. So once we do the Glam Slam Metal Jam tour with Enough's Enough and Pretty Boy Floyd goes out next week. We do the first leg, then the album drops in July. We're doing Rockfest in Wisconsin. Uh, we're doing a couple shows in Nebraska. Uh, some big festival dates, and then we got. Uh, there's another big festival that we can't talk about in Oklahoma. I guess that's enough. Uh, enough. Everybody kind of gets it. it. They're announcing it soon, so that one comes out. And then uh, the Glam Slam Metal Jam Tour leg number two kicks off in October. And then we're supposed to be going to Europe in uh, late October, November. Damn. Dude, that, that sounds like just a stacked few months. I know it's June right now, but like even just June to October, that is stacked, man. Yeah. And that's where we're, where we're the best is just keep us on the road and keep us playing shows. And hopefully we'll, we'll I assume we're going to start writing the new record as soon as, as like through the summer, all these experiences and stuff, it, it just it seemed the timing is right. Like the creative juices are starting to bubble again in our, in our heads and we're like, okay, this is going really well. We got to follow us up with another banger. Oh, for sure. Definitely for sure. But I definitely look forward to listening to the new album, Never Been Before, available July 1st. Check out the first single, Highway 69, available right now. Again, all the links will be in the description. Sam Spade, thank you so much for hanging out with me. It was a Fantastic time chatting with you. Can I give you an awesome outro? Do it. Ladies and gentlemen, for the millions in attendance, the thousands watching around the world, the hottest, hardest working man on rock and roll radio today, you're listening to Super Cool Radio with Matthew Thomas. And I couldn't say it any better myself. I'm just going to add this for Sam Spade of Midnight Devils. I am your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.